Welcome back to another episode of Learn American English with this guy. I know there are a lot of English learning podcasts out there, and it means so much that you chose to listen to this one. If I could ask a favor from you, please leave a rating and a review. It really helps other people find the channel. Once again, thank you so much and enjoy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hello there. Great to see you all here. I know it's late for people living in Asia, so maybe you're watching on replay. So welcome to anyone watching live or watching on replay. I thought, should I do this topic? It's timely. That's a word we might use in English. It's timely because so much is in the news so many people are talking about war right now. But like Anya said, I mean, it's, it's a tough, tough topic. So what my goal is here today is to give you at least 20 English vocabulary words that you may hear or read while watching or listening to the news. So, of course... We are all thinking about Ukraine right now, what's going on there in this unprovoked attack. Unprovoked means the Ukrainians didn't ask for this. They didn't do anything to deserve this. So I do see Mega here, though, from India. Wow. Hey, Amina, Mega. So I know it's late over there. Harry, how are you? Yulia. Welcome, everyone. I saw Sita here. Welcome. So my goal today will be to shed some light on some of those difficult vocabulary words you might hear while watching the news. But I also try to pick some words that were used when we talk about war, but also you might hear about them in everyday life. The other thing is, when I refer to the army that is fighting the Ukraines, I will not refer to them as Russians. I believe most Russians don't want this war. They are ashamed of this war. Of course, I can't speak for all Russians. But the, the people or the army that is fighting in Ukraine right now, against the Ukrainians, I will call them Putin's army instead of the Russians. So with that said, let's get into some words that you might hear while watching or listening to the news. First one I want to talk about is aggressor. Aggressor. So the aggressor is the person or the country or the side that starts the fight, that starts the war. 
in a war, the aggressor is the one who starts the fight. The aggressor. Now, other words that you might hear that are similar to aggressor are aggressive. Somebody could be aggressive. If you see in that picture, the dog, that dog looks aggressive to me. Looks like he could really bite somebody. And you might hear aggression. So the dog took its aggression out on the small animal. All of them have something to do with almost like angry, the aggressor. The next one, now I will be looking in the chat just in case anyone has any questions about any of these words. It's what a good teacher does, right? Elena, thank you for joining us. Hope all is well. Oh, and I have, I do want to uh, mention uh, three Ukrainians by name because they have left comments. I've talked with them in the comment section. So Eugen, if you're watching, I hope you're safe, buddy. Um, Marina, been with the channel for a long time. I hope you're also safe. And Katerina, so a big hello to all of you out there. And I know uh, it's not easy for you. So Semra, what is going on? Hope you're well in Turkey. The next one is preemptive. Preemptive. This is a good word to know. Preemptive. It means before something starts. Pre. That prefix in English almost always means before. Before. So we might have a sentence like the war started with a preemptive strike. So even before the war starts, one army chooses to attack the other. A preemptive strike. Preemptive. Before it happens. But in that picture, I also have something used in medicine. Because you might also hear preventative medicine or preventive medicine. Does anybody know what that? Alan, Alan, glad to see you in here. He is from Poland, but I, I won't I won't say more than that. I know I know where you're at though. Hope all is well. Hope all is well. What is the picture? That medical thing in that picture. Does anyone know what that is? It's hard enough to say, by the way. I will wait just for a second. But I have another uh, sentence here for you. Preemptive medicine is medicine you take before you get sick. So maybe your doctor has an idea like maybe you have a family history how about that maybe you have a family history of heart trouble and so the doctor may prescribe medicine before you get sick as you get older or maybe you have a family history of high blood pressure that's what we say in english I, i'm not a doctor 
I don't know what that is, but I think it's when the blood rushes through your body too quickly. So if you have a family history of high blood pressure, maybe a father, a mother, grandmother, grandfather who had high blood pressure, you might get some preemptive medicine. So maybe in your 30s, before your blood pressure gets high, you are given some medicine. Hope that helps. Hope that helps. Oh, Sita. Hey, uh, I appreciate the super chats. Thank you so much. That is so kind of you. So kind of you. Um, that's very nice of you. That's very nice of you. Um, it means a lot. Um, and I am thankful that I am here able to teach in my nice warm home. I'm very safe. Uh, that money is very helpful. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, normally I would play a little something, but it doesn't quite feel right. But uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's very kind of you. Very kind of you. Preventive. Yes. Preventive. Yes. That is something to prevent something from happening. So you might have preventive medicine as well. As well. Yes. Nicely done, Harry. Yeah. So prevent to stop something before it happens. Preemptive. It's, it's very similar. Very similar. Um, let's use it with war, though. With preventive, maybe the army would set up a barricade. That would be a preventive move. That would be there's no battle, but it would stop the army from coming. Okay. All right. Uh, back to Sita. Thank you so much for that super chat. It is um it is a it is a little strange for me to um celebrate the super chat right now though because I know so many people are uh suffering in Ukraine right now but thank you it, it does mean a lot thank you so much thank you so much All right preventive preventive preemptive very very close Constantine how are you my friend I hope you are doing well The next one Blindside, blindside. You can use this in war. Okay. I am sure Ukrainians were blindsided by Putin's attack. When you are blindsided, it means you are surprised. So if you take a look at that woman in the picture, she's clearly smiling. She doesn't realize she is about to be hit. So we sometimes use blindsided in war. Like I have there, the Ukrainians were blindsided by Putin's attack. They didn't realize it was coming. I think a poll was taken before the Russia, the, the Putin's army came into Ukraine. And I think most said there will be no war. Now, now, not to get into history too much. Now, there has been a war in the Western part of Ukraine for a long time, for many years. But the fact that the war has come to Lviv and um, Kiev, 
that might be a shock. So they might have been blindsided by that. But we can also use blindsided in regular everyday English. Anytime you are surprised by something. Okay. So she was blindsided by the news of the earthquake. Really quickly, just to mention, um, there was an earthquake, by the way, and I will use earthquake in another example later on, but there was an earthquake in Indonesia. So I hope everyone uh, in Indonesia is doing well. It was a rather large earthquake. I believe it was a uh, 6.2 earthquake. And in English, we say magnitude, like how strong it was. So you might be blindsided by the news of an earthquake. So we can't predict earthquakes. We never really know when they are going to happen. So you might be blindsided by the news of the earthquake. So I'm sure most people in Indonesia are sleeping now. But if you are watching this on replay, I hope everyone is okay there. I have heard of some reports of deaths and uh, obviously that is never good. But we were talking about blindsided. The next one, skirmish. You will often hear skirmishes happening during war. And what a skirmish is, it's a small battle, a small fight. So maybe at the border of Ukraine right now, there are skirmishes going on. Small little battles, not big armies. Skirmish, skirmish. Skirmishes often happen before the real war happens. Skirmish at the border. Hope that is helping. I will check the chat here. Oh, Harry. Well, I hope all is well in Indonesia. And I know that you are up very late. Night owl. Let's see. Stethoscope. Stethoscope. That thing right there. I'm glad you said that, Amina, and I'm glad you spelled it because I can't spell it. Stethoscope. It's hard enough to pronounce. Stethoscope. Nicely done, Amina. Nicely done. All right, skirmish is where we were at. Ooh, next one, bayonet. Uh-oh, Constantine. Weird and strange. Um, hey, Constantine, really quickly, uh, there's no real difference between weird and strange. I think we use them interchangeably, I think. There's, wow. Um, I heard a strange noise last night that woke me up. Um, that man is giving me a strange look. That man is giving me a weird look. Yeah, I think you can use those both interchangeably. Skirmish. Skirmish. Any more? I don't think so. All right, the next one. Uh, this, you might see this. This is more for war and history, historical wars, not so many modern day wars. 
But you might see a bayonet at the end of a gun. Or you could say a knife at the end of a gun. People would know what you mean, but you might hear bayonet. Hopefully there is no fighting with bayonets in this war because we would call it close combat close combat when people are fighting maybe hand-to-hand combat we could also call it um and that's that's really bad of course bullets uh, are bad enough at a distance bombs are bad enough at a distance but if there is fighting with bayonets That's really close combat, hand-to-hand combat, we might say. Constant, yeah, you're welcome. So weird, strange, odd, they're pretty much all synonyms. The next one, foxhole. Let me make that a little bit bigger. Foxhole, the animal pictured is a fox. But that soldier is in his foxhole. Mary, you're on. How are you? Welcome. Melee. I don't have this as one of the vocabulary words, but we can talk about melee right now. Melee is another term for a fight. When I hear melee, I often think of a riot where people are going crazy, stores are being robbed, maybe a concert, a music concert, gets out of hand, gets too wild. That is uh, what I think of when I hear melee, melee. So nice. Uh, Sometimes, Constantine, weird has a broader meaning. Supernatural? Yeah, it it can, it can. But uh, sometimes I think they are used interchangeably. But you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Let's look at a sentence here with foxhole. The soldier waited in his foxhole for the enemy. Foxhole. So you could, going back to our preemptive, preventative, um, Digging a foxhole, that would be a preventive strategy. You know the army will be coming soon, so you might dig into your foxhole. All right, the next one is um, one of my least favorites, unfortunately. But refugees, refugees. Here's a sentence with refugees. The refugees fled from their homes to the country's borders. Refugees are always people, you know, they are always people who are fleeing. You could say I have the past tense of flee in that sentence, and it is spelled F-L-E-E. Refugees are people who flee from their country. They leave their country because of war, because of war. Um, It could be also because of famine. If there is a lot of hunger in the country, 
we would call it famine. So you might see people leaving their country because of famine or war, refugees, or um, harsh treatment. I can imagine in North Korea right now. Now, thankfully, there is no war in North Korea. But I think most people would agree there is some pretty harsh treatment in North Korea. The North Koreans do not have their freedom. So if somebody left North Korea, there's also famine in North Korea too. But we would call them refugees. They are running away from their country for a bad reason. Refugees. I hope that helps. The next one is camouflage. Camouflage. I think that's fun to say. Camouflage. And in this picture, I don't have a soldier. I have a hunter. And if you see the pattern on his clothing, we would call that camouflage. Camouflage can also be used as a verb. The hunter was camouflaged in the woods. That's another way to say hidden, camouflaged, camouflaged. Hopefully that helps, camouflage. Let me take a look here in the comments just to make sure I'm not forgetting anything. KS from Russia, I hope you are doing well. Yes, and I see what is what is happening. Um, two innocent Russians right now. Um, I'm also, my heart goes out. That's a word you can use or a phrase you can use. That you can use whenever you are feeling empathy for someone. Empathy is when you feel like you know how they are feeling. Empathy. So my heart goes out to Ukrainians, of course. They're dealing with something horrific. They are innocent. Putin is awful. I hope we can agree. And Putin is hurting his own country. And there are a lot of innocent Russians who do not want this war. And they are also being hurt. The Russian ruble has fallen because of Putin's actions. I'm also, um, my heart goes out to the Poles. I know Alan was in here earlier. A lot of refugees are pouring into Poland, leaving Ukraine because of the war. And I suspect that Romania is also feeling the burden of refugees. Nice, Harry, camouflage jacket. I have a couple students in my class who also wear camouflage. Some of them hunt, some of them don't, but a lot of people in the United States. Katerina, I mentioned you earlier. I hope everything is doing well, going well for you there. Katerina says, I live in Ukraine. I ask everyone to pray for Kiev, for Kharkov, 
for every city. The leader of Russia is just killing, destroying Ukrainians, peaceful people. Yeah. Awful. Awful. I'm sure many of us are sitting at home just wishing we could do something. And there's not a lot we can do. It's a helpless feeling. Helpless feeling. All right. Jamie is, uh, I think, at the gym right now. But she is. Um, and I like the, the color. We got some yellow. We got some yellow and blue. Uh, Ukraine. My heart goes out to uh, Ukraine right now. All right. I do not have a camouflage jacket. No, I do not, Harry. Um, they're cool, though. All right. Let's get back to the lesson. I was just checking to see if anyone um, has any comments. And Katarina, um, I know I will be making a donation to a group called UNICEF. And they are in Ukraine now trying to help in any way they can. So uh, I, I hope this ends soon. I hope this ends soon. I hope this doesn't spill over into other parts of the world. Okay. Um, yeah, tough stuff, tough stuff, tough topic. All right, uh, the next thing, camouflage. Surrender, surrender. This is something I hope the Ukrainians never have to do. Surrender, though, often happens in war. And it's a, another way to say give up or that you admit you lost. I have a feeling that most Ukrainians will never surrender. Um, this is not new for Ukrainians. Ukrainians have a long history of suffering. They are caught in between uh, two very powerful um, powers, the West, Russia, even in the Soviet Union, um, Stalin, you know, I almost talked about genocide. Uh, maybe we can do number two, a part two of this um, vocabulary with war, but the, the Ukrainians have suffered for a long time. Caught in the middle again. But I have a feeling Ukrainians will never surrender. But the white flag is often a symbol of surrender. If somebody is done fighting, they might raise the white flag. That means I give up. Surrender. The next one is crosshairs. So if you have a gun and you look through the scope, it's what we call the part of the gun that you might see crosshairs, that almost X on its side, we call those crosshairs, crosshairs. Now they can be used in war. The soldier looked through the crosshairs to hit the target. That might be a sentence you could use for war and crosshairs. But we also use it in everyday life. So if you feel like you are in the crosshairs of something, you could feel threatened by it. It does not have to be any physical harm. But I, I have this sentence here. Somebody 
feels like they made a mistake at work and they might get fired. They might lose their job. They might get let go. No, they might, they might be let go. What's that? They think they might be let go. They might be let go of their job. That's how we say that one. I felt as if I was in my boss's crosshairs. I could be fired any day. So if you are feeling threatened by something, you might feel like you are in the crosshairs. Hope that helps. Let me check the comments just to make sure there are no questions about any of these words. Yes, Samra. Our hearts are with you. Yes, everyone in Ukraine, um, they did not ask for this. Yeah, that would be great. If Putin just admits, I messed up. I know thousands of people have died because of me, but um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm a bad leader. I'm going to step down. Another phrasal verb. Uh, Something tells me he won't ever step down either, unfortunately. But he's hurting his own people. And I know his own people know that. All right. Um, Crosshairs. Oh, Lucian. Um, Lucian from Romania. Um, Yeah, World War III is approaching. I don't know anymore. You know, I never thought that um, Putin would invade Ukraine. But I know uh, not far from Romania is a a place called Moldova and Transnistria um, is is a I don't know. I hope that I hope it ends here and it doesn't spread. But you never know. Right. You never know. Oh, no. Is it a noun? Uh, crosshairs, I think, is what you're asking. It is a noun. Yes. Crosshairs is a noun. Good question. Good question. Oh, no, I can't. What is that? What is that country? Is that? Let me get this. Huh. Well, that is the Georgian flag. If you are from Georgia, welcome. Um, Georgia is very familiar with Putin's ways. Georgia was attacked. The capital of uh, Georgia is uh, Tbilisi, right? Tbilisi. So welcome if you're uh, living in Tbilisi. I hope all is well. Ah, geez. Yeah, I hope not. Uh, I'm worried, obviously. Uh, I have a lot of friends in Taiwan now. Yep, that worries me. Uh, But it seems like even the Chinese government told Putin, no, not good, not good. All right, I can hear my dog uh, barking. He is in his kennel. Um, I, hope he, I hope he's not bothering, bothering you right now. All right, crosshairs. The next one is evacuate. The next one is evacuate. And that is anytime you need to leave somewhere. We might use this with war. Yes. So the civilians had to evacuate their houses or the army had to evacuate their bunker. 
I did not use bunker here, but bunker is where soldiers stay. It's usually made of concrete and um, that is where they can't be hurt or they are less likely to be hurt in a bunker. Sometimes bunkers are underground. There were just so many terms I could have put here that I left some out, but bunker. We also could talk about a fire. You may have to evacuate a building because of a fire. Here's a sentence for you. The children evacuated their school as the fire raged. And I wanted to use a different kind of verb for you. Raged as if the fire is really, really strong. Yeah, I hope you get it. I am very distracted right now by my dog or by Hank, my wife's dog. So not sure why he's barking, but uh, sorry about that. Now, if I make this a little bigger, evacuate, that blue sign is actually often found near beaches in the United States. And that little white symbol in the middle of that blue sign means hurricane. So if there is a hurricane, you might have an evacuation route. So evacuation can be used as a noun. It can be used as a verb right there. So that would be a place to find safety if a hurricane is coming. That would be a preventative measure or a preemptive measure if you are going to leave the city before the hurricane comes. And the other picture, more red and white, um, that's an evacuation plan. A lot of schools have evacuation plans just in case there is a fire. Hope that helps. Hope that helps. The next one is guerrilla warfare. Guerrilla warfare. So this one, I believe, comes from the French. Put that back up there. Guerrilla warfare. And I wanted to use this one for this war that's going on in Ukraine. Now, if Putin's army is able to get to Kiev, it seems like they're having a hard time doing that. The Ukrainians are putting up a stiff resistance. I don't have stiff resistance for this, but anytime somebody is fighting back and they're fighting back hard, you can say stiff resistance. So if Putin's army is able to get into Kiev, I have a feeling we will see guerrilla warfare. And what that is, is when maybe the army but it might be regular everyday people. They have a gun. They're not part of the army, but they're shooting from buildings and running away or they're shooting, excuse me, shooting behind trees and they're running away. It is not a big army that is fighting. It's small groups of people. They take a few shots and they run, they hide. And when Wars go into cities. A lot of times you have guerrilla warfare. Guerrilla warfare. 
that's how the United States, or it was the colonies at the time, fought off the British. We didn't have a big army. We had little armies that would shoot from trees and run away, shoot from farmhouses and run away. Um, it can be very effective. Later on, we're going to talk about offensive and defensive, and I might talk about guerrilla warfare again. The next one is debris. Debris, that is how that is pronounced. I know there's an S at the end, but we pronounce it debris, debris. And you can see in that picture, it looked like there was a house there before. Now there is only debris, debris. So we use debris. It's almost like trash. But after a war, when buildings have crumbled or after a hurricane or after an earthquake, we might say there was only debris left. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I have to cough. I should get some water. So it's um, families' homes that once were there but are now crumbled, large buildings, uh, trees can be part of debris if everything is all mixed up. Debris. Hope that helps. The next one is patriotism. So next one, okay. Patriotism. Now let's be careful with this one. Oh my gosh, I had one more for for uh, guerrilla warfare, and I know some people use these sentences to shadow. So let me read this sentence word for word. The Ukrainians are on the defensive and could use guerrilla warfare. So let's just for a second talk about offensive and defensive. We can use this with war, but we can also use this with sports. So if anybody watches football, not soccer, but uh, soccer for Americans, football, football. Defensive, defensive. These are players that are trying to stop the other team from scoring. Defensive players. In this war, I would say the Ukrainians are on the defensive. Putin's army invaded Ukraine. They are trying to defend their homeland. They are trying to defend their homes. Offensive. Those are the players in football who are trying to score. In war, oftentimes, it's easier to be on the defensive. You can get to your supplies easier. You know the terrain. You know where buildings are. You know where to hide in guerrilla warfare. It is very hard to invade and take over another nation. So the Ukrainians are on the defensive. Putin's army is on the offensive. Now, if Putin's army is forced out of Ukraine then the Ukrainians 
would be on the offensive. I hope that helps. I hope that helps. Debris. Sorry, we have one more sentence for debris. Debris can be found after wars and natural disasters like earthquakes. Hope that helps. One more time with that shadowing in case anyone is watching on replay or you want to pause the live stream or you're listening on the podcast. Debris can be found after wars and natural disasters like earthquakes. Hope that helps. Before we get to patriotism, because that's a tricky one, I would like to check in the comments to see if there are any questions. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, Not the happiest of topics. That is true. Uh, Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, Brent, is it possible for you to go live on both Facebook and YouTube at the same time? It is possible. The only problem was when I went live, my friends saw me on their Facebooks. They're like, why are you teaching me English? Oh, so I would love to go live on Facebook too. Maybe I'll use a different account, but I showed up, showed up in a lot of my friends' Facebook feeds. So I only went one time, one time. Hey, Judith, glad you are here. Let's see. I saw evacuate. Um, Can we use it when we need to evacuate people? Yes. So when we're talking about evacuating, we are talking about people. And we would probably use the preposition from to describe where they're leaving. Um, Let's see. So... You might say the soldiers are evacuating from the makeshift camp. We'll talk about that in a minute. Talk about that in a minute. So, yeah. All right. Thank you. You've remembered Ukraine. Oh, I live near Odessa. My friends live in Odessa sometimes, hear the explosion sounds. It's very scary for them. I uh, I still, I would love to visit Odessa right on the Black Sea. It looks like a beautiful town. I want to visit Kiev. Uh, oh, phew, phew. Can't hear the dog. That's great. Sam, you're up very late. Ah, Tbilisi is in the house. Tbilisi is in the house. A French word, Eric says. Now, there, for some reason, there are a lot of French words or French roots in English when we talk about war. So, debris would be from the French gorilla, which is very close to the French word for war. So, Eric, thank you for that. Patriotism isn't actually, hang on. There was one more. Well, Constantine, that's that's so true. 
Um, World War III will, will be the last one. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't want to get too much into, um, you know, nuclear weapons and stuff, but it does sound like Putin said he wasn't afraid to use nuclear weapons if he had to. At least that's what I heard. Maybe not, but yeah, let's hope that let's hope that does not happen. World War Three. All right. Um, debris. Debris. All right. Let's see. Raphael. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I feel bad for um, a lot of the soldiers fighting. Um, and Putin's war. I, I don't know if that is one reason why it is taking Putin's army so long to get to Kiev. I know that I've heard that Ukrainians are putting up stiff resistance. But I wonder how many soldiers in Putin's army are like, I know these are my orders. Orders or when you have to do something in the army, but their heart might not be in it. Like I know. And even in the American army in the U S army, if you disobey an order, you could be put in prison. You could be put to death. So yeah, it is sad that we need to focus on this topic. And I wish this would be the last time we had to talk about war. Something tells me it's not. It's not. Chef Ket is here. So Lucian is from Romania. He says, our government helps Ukraine's people with food and places to sleep. Today, Romania also sent military equipment costing 3 million euros. Everyone says World War III is a possible scenario hope there is peace yeah it, it definitely is it definitely is possible it's good good words here uh from katarina ukraine i wish everyone to hold their mom dad sister brother wife husband child be healthy don't argue with them i love you everyone yeah really um when these things happen i think a lot of us living away from the war, hopefully stop and think that um, how lucky we are not to have to worry about this. The United States, and I was thinking about this, you know, the United States has bombed other countries and it has not been popular in the U.S. with everyone. So, my government doesn't always speak for me, right? I disagree with my government all the time. So that's one thing. And I think everyone here knows this, but the people are not the government. You can hate the government. You can hate Putin. I hate Putin. You can hate Putin. But that doesn't mean he speaks for all Russians, right? It's very complicated, but... Michael Steiner, how are you, my friend? All right, so let's um, move in. Uh, the comments are, are so interesting, though. All right, Ken Flory, 
from Togo. Uh, I'm wondering why is it taking so long for Western countries to help Ukraine? Great question, right? Great question. Um, one thing we might say is it's complicated. It's complicated. Um, was it Germany? I know sent a lot. Uh, countries are sending supplies. I know that the U.S. government has been helping Ukraine for a long time. Is it enough? Well, doesn't look like it. Um, but yeah, I don't want to get too much into um, the politics because um, it does get complicated. I am just an English teacher. I don't want my opinion to be in here too much. But um, my opinion, I, I hope that Putin is insane, right? I don't mind saying that. He's either insane or he is just a horrible, awful, awful thing. I don't even want to say um, human being. All right. Nightbot is here. This I think this is a fake Nightbot, but welcome Nightbot from India. Watch out for that person. Uzbekistan is in the house. Uzbekistan, welcome. Uzbekistan. They, uh, great country. Love it. Um, but yeah, can I, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, it's complicated. It's complicated. I'll, I'll let people chat in the chat and I will get back to teaching. How about that? Thank you, Ken, though. Ken lives in the United States now. Welcome. The next one is, let me pull it up here, patriotism. Patriotism. Now, I used the United States in these pictures, but this can go for whatever country you live in. Patriotism. We do have the bald eagle. I saw someone mention the bald eagle here. Oh my goodness. Wait, what? Judith, what? What is your opinion about the differences about this war and a war like the French Revolution in 1789? Uh, yeah, so we're going to get, I, it's, it's going to be very complicated there because you had the French king. So many people wanted to overthrow that government. I, I don't believe the Ukrainian people want to overthrow uh, Zelensky. So, uh, I don't think I can make too many comparisons there. Patriotism. Let's look at this. The, the chat is so interesting, though. Thank you all for being here. So, patriotism is the love for your own country. And often we say this in a good way. It's, it's great to love your own country. You can be very proud to be from whatever country you are from. That is patriotism. I have a fair amount of patriotism for my country, the United States. I love my country. I don't think my country is perfect. Nationalism, be careful. Because it's almost like patriotism, love for your own country. But nationalism is when it gets dangerous. That is when you love your country so much that you want to hurt other countries. So 
I may say, and I don't believe this, but hey, everybody should act like the US. So we should take over Canada so they can be free like us. Nationalism can get very scary. Nationalism can cause wars. When a lot of people think, hey, my country is the best. We need to invade other places so they can be just like us. Patriotism is good. The love for your own country. People who display strong nationalism probably wouldn't mind hurting other countries. So we have patriotism. It's good. I celebrate the 4th of July. I celebrate my country's independence. Be careful. Nationalism gets a little bad. Not so good. Enlist. I want to talk about these two together. Enlist. And then, big word here, draft and conscription. Conscription. Let's talk about enlist first. You might hear this in English when talking about war. And soldiers who enlist, they want to join. They sign up willingly. They volunteer. They say, I want to join the army. So here are a couple sentences. The soldiers enlisted in the army. They signed up willingly. They volunteered. So you can enlist. There are a lot of people that I know in the United States who enlist. They sign up and say, I want to be in the army or the Navy for my career. That's their career. Maybe they join for a couple years and their college is paid for. Their school is paid for. Now, the other one is when someone is drafted or they're conscripted. Conscripted is a bigger word. Drafted is when the country says you must join the army. You have no choice. You are in the army. You are drafted. So the last time the United States had a draft was in 1973. That is when the country said to young men, you need to join the army. Now, when a male, when a boy, when a man turns 18 in the United States, he must sign up for something called the selective service. Selective service. I don't have that written down anywhere. But that means that if we do have a war, and we need people to fight, you will be drafted. So when I turned 18, I think I had to go to the post office and sign up for selective service. Now, I know in some countries like like Russia or Finland or Denmark, there is a draft. There is conscription. So it differs from country to country. But when a male turns 18, I think, they must join the military for a year or two. In Finland and in Denmark, I think it's one year. 
I think you, you must join the army for one year. I think the same is true in Russia. I think you, if you have a medical problem, you don't have to, but so very difficult enlist. You volunteer for the army draft. If you're drafted in the army, you don't have a choice. You have to do it. Let's check the comments just to see. Yeah. Aroni. How are you, man? Yeah, now we are seeing real nationalism. Yeah, by Putin, that is for sure. Ah, Moldova is in the house. Ah, a lot of people are, are coming to Moldova from Ukraine. Right. And I did mention Transnistria. It's on the western, uh, sorry, eastern part of Moldova. And uh, hopefully um, that is not Putin's next target. Transnistria. I think I'm saying that wrong. Has to join. Um, overthrow. Okay. Overthrow is a new vocabulary word. Yeah, so if um, if a leader is overthrown, that means they were forced out. They had to leave their country. They were no longer in control of their country. So some people say that Putin's goal right now is to overthrow Zelensky, the president of Ukraine. Of course, I hope that never happens. More Putin hate. I can never read enough Putin hate. Yeah, definitely. I hate Putin. I never voted for him. Very sorry and sad for what happens now. Hello from the south coast of the White Sea. Hey, well, thank you for those comments. Yeah, it doesn't sound like... Putin was elected fairly. But, you know, now we're getting into Western press and it's, it's hard to believe everything you read. But thank you for those comments. I sure can. That's a great question. So recruiting. Oh, my gosh. And reservist. All right. Great question. So um, recruited. And I will use this for the army. So the army often recruits young men and women to join the army. When Americans graduate high school, they might go to college. They might get a job. But the army might recruit them. And that is the army saying, hey, come join us. We have a lot of benefits. We have a lot of good things. We could pay for your school. You will get in shape. You will earn money. So colleges in the United States also recruit. If a student is very smart, scores well on tests, they might offer money. We call it a scholarship. Hey, come to our college. Come to our university. We think we can help you. And 
you can help us. So recruit. Now, a reservist. In the United States, we do have the Army Reserves, um, Air Force Reserves, I think. Reserve is when you're part of the Army, but you're not active. That's what we call it. You're not active military. You do not live on an Army base. You live at home. My principal at one time was in the army reserves. And I think for two weeks a year, they have to leave and train. And one weekend, one weekend a month, they have to leave and train. But if the government needed them, they would be called up. That's the phrasal verb we use. They would be required to join. Right now in my state, I think we have some reservists who are helping out in hospitals because we don't have enough nurses. That's a whole nother story, but it does um, have something to do with COVID. So um, you can use drafted in the passive in the passive form. I thought that was a possessive form uh, or past tense. I don't know so much um, about the actual forms. Um, and this is why I always say like, you don't need to know what the tenses are. You just need to know how to use them. Lots and lots of listening. Raphael, good afternoon. So the passive form of draft I don't know. Yeah, the soldier was drafted into the army. The army drafted the soldier. Hopefully that helps. I don't think it does though. Great question, Fiaz. Great question. I hope I'm saying your name right too. All right, back to the lesson. The next one, ammunition. This is uh, what we use, a fancy name for bullets. Ammunition is another name for bullets. Ammunition. Ammunition. War of attrition. Now, of course, I hope this does not happen in Ukraine. What a war of attrition is, is when two armies... Just keep fighting and fighting. There are a lot of losses on both sides. A lot of deaths, a lot of injuries, a lot of money being lost on both sides. And basically each side says, whoever can last the longest. A war of attrition. Just keep fighting and fighting. It doesn't matter how many bodies there are. If you know anything about history, World War I, and even World War II, um, it's a war of attrition. World War I, if you know about the history of World War I, it's probably a better example. But soldiers dug in, dug in their foxholes, 
and just waited, bombing. And just like whoever could last the longest, whoever could last longer if there are only two armies. Now I put teeth on there, teeth, because a lot of times we will use the phrasal verb worn down, worn down. And I wanted to use the teeth because let's say you chew a lot of ice. If you chewed on ice for years, you would probably wear down your teeth. They would get smaller and smaller slowly. And when there is a war of attrition, that's what armies hope to do to the other side. They hope to wear them down. It usually takes a long time and there's a lot of times loss of life. Lots of money goes to fighting a war of attrition. I hope that helps. I knew that was going to be an advanced term, but I was hoping I could teach everybody at least one thing, and it's difficult, a war of attrition. We do use that in everyday life sometimes too. Just checking the comments. Looks like Mary had to leave. Hungry. Hungry is in the house. And I know uh, Hungary and Germany, I think yesterday, said uh, that the Russians could no longer bank with something called SWIFT. That's what we call it in English. And um, that's pretty, pretty devastating, unfortunately, for everyday Russians, right? Because this is not their war. But just another... Another um, thing that says, you know, Putin is hurting his own people too. And it doesn't seem like he cares, right? Uh, what's the difference between onslaught and attack? Uh, pretty much nothing. But when I hear onslaught, I think of a really bad attack. A really bad attack. Um, the army faced an onslaught of bullets. The army was attacked with bullets. So a little bit of a different usage there, but hope everyone's doing well. LF, hope you are doing well. Oh, yes. Oh, saying goodbye to a friend. Well, I know it's uh, late in Iran. I'm glad you're still here, Mary. This might be the, no, we've got two more. Atrocities, atrocities. I did not put an actual picture of what atrocities are, but almost in every single war, there are going to be atrocities. When we think of war, I think we think of soldiers fighting. That is bad enough. Atrocities are when things happen that are even worse than that. So I don't really want to get into what atrocities are, but think of the worst things that can happen. For example, how about this? I will use Stalin. Hopefully everyone in here can agree Stalin was a, a bad man. 
Well, he starved the Ukrainian people for years. That would be an atrocity. Starving a population when you are the leader of a country and you don't allow food to go in, that would be an atrocity. So really, really bad things. The worst of the worst. So when you hear atrocities in English, think of really bad things. Really bad things. Wow. 2.27 a.m. We'll get some sleep. Yes. Thank you. Great lesson. But yes, heavy topic. Heavy topic. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, LF, what's the difference between border and frontier? So in English, in the United States, the border would be the edge of a country. The edge of a country. So the United States borders Canada, right? Like right at the edge where the United States and Canada meet, that's the border. Now frontier, I think of way away from the city, not near the city, not a lot of people live there. And it's usually near the border. So uh, like in the United States, Detroit and Toronto, those are big cities. They're at the border of the United States. I wouldn't call that the frontier. So think of frontier way away from the city. Not a lot of people live there. I hope that helps. I hope that helps. Atrocities. Not a good one. I believe this is the last one of this uh, very difficult lesson. Not fun to talk about, but sometimes when uh, you're teaching or learning English, you have to learn about the bad things. Actually, before we, I forgot something. I want to mention um, this. So we talked about the earthquake in Indonesia. Awful. You know, the one thing, I mean, the earthquake in Indonesia is awful. I hope everybody is okay. I know there have been some deaths. That We can't prevent that. No person caused that. What's happening in Ukraine can be stopped by one man, Putin. And that's what makes this so much worse. Earthquakes are bad. They're horrible. But wars that don't need to be fought are even worse. One person can stop this. And I know he's not watching. I know he's not watching. And I know we're all here on the same side, but geez, felt like I had to say that. Okay, so, but the other thing I wanted to mention with ammunition is what Zelensky said. And um, you can see a picture of our president. His name is Joe Biden. And uh, Zelensky is the president of Ukraine, President Zelensky. President Biden said, we can get you out of Ukraine. Now, I don't know how they would do that. It would probably involve some special forces 
Special forces are small, highly trained parts of the military. But Zelensky told Biden, he used ammunition there, to, I need ammunition, I need bullets, not a ride, going back to ammunition. He says, I need ammunition, not a ride. So he is staying willing to fight for his country. The last one is civilian casualties. Civilian casualties. I wanted to teach two words with one term. Civilian. This means a person who is not in the military. So somebody who is not in the military. Civilians are the opposite of soldiers. Okay. Civilians are not soldiers. They are the opposites. Casualties. In English, when somebody, or I should say when an army experiences casualties, it's two things. It's injuries and it's also deaths. So injuries and deaths are added together and those are casualties. So anytime a person who's not in the military is hurt or killed because of war, we would call that a civilian casualty. So they could be hurt, maybe badly, maybe a minor injury or killed. That is a casualty. And you will often hear that with numbers. Today, there were 17 casualties. Five were civilian casualties. I'm just making numbers up there. I hope that helps. Civilian casualties. Civilian casualties. Oh, geez. It's really hot where you're at. Oh, yeah. Uh yeah, I can't be silent about this. Thank you, though, Yerslaw. Um, that's one of the things that, I mean, there are no politics here, um, but I just think it's so wrong that I have no problems voicing my opinion about the Ukrainian people. And if you don't like it, you know, unsubscribe, find another English teacher. But I think most people around the world agree. This is just so unnecessary. I know my thoughts are with the Ukrainian people. My heart goes out to the Ukrainian people and anybody who's being affected. You know, people in Poland, they are going to be affected. A lot of refugees come pouring in to the country and it takes money. So I know the Polish people have been very supportive of the Ukrainians, the Romanians, the Moldovans. So my heart goes out to anyone who is actually affected by this war. It's not just Ukraine and Russia. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's going to be a lot of people affected. <clears throat> Excuse me. I need to take a... Um... Well, you know what? There could be a typo there. It would not surprise me that I'm, that I missed an, an eye or something. Um, I am not the world's best 
speller. But if you think there is a typo there, chances are you are right. An English teacher who can't spell. I don't know. I don't know if there is a uh, typo there or not, though. But could be. Well, yeah, not too. Uh, yeah, it's it's um, tough. The West, unfortunately, uh, yeah, I don't want to get too much into this, but the West has to tiptoe. They have to handle this situation delicately, lightly. Now, if there is any fighting in Poland or Estonia, it's a no-brainer. You don't have to think about it. The West will come in. They will come in hard. Estonia, Poland, part of NATO. Uh, So, yeah, let's not get to – I'm just going to stay here and try to teach English. And the only um, opinion I will will voice is much love to Ukraine, much hatred towards Putin. How about keep that? All right. I want to thank you all for being so civil in the chat. But I think we can all – be on the same side here, right? This is not, you know, there are not really two sides to this war. There's, I think most people in the world feel the same way. So I hope this lesson has helped. I know that uh, there is a lot of talk about war in the world right now. I wish I didn't have to do this lesson, but I figured doing this lesson might help somebody out when they're trying to learn English. So, of course, uh, much love to all of the Ukrainians out there. Wish uh, I could support you more in some way. All right. Thanks for joining me. I will see you later in the week on a much happier topic. Adios.